0: Hello and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. As usual, we'll review the week that was, the week to come, review our gambling picks, what's in the news this week, and then our power rankings for the week. Lastly, we have our first giveaway to announce. So Jesse, let's start with the week that was.
1: Yeah, so we'll jump in on February 10th. That was a 4-2 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you know, just statistically, we had goals from Josh Anderson, assisted by Druin. We had a goal from Tatar, assisted by Romanov and Sharat. And Carey Price was an eight seventy in that game. Uh, that was coming off the two frustrating losses in Ottawa. So, you know, it wasn't a great kind of bounce back. And yeah let's, I, we'll just talk about that one for a little bit um what were you finding the biggest issues in that game were well
0: it was that was the frustrating you know the first series uh you know the first event in a series of frustrating games that were you know basically uncharacteristic uncharacteristic of the habs this season I, that was like the uh you know the beginning of the trend of like are we learning nothing you know it was like you know, what was happening in Ottawa, you know, when we finished that little two-game stint there, I was like, okay, this will never happen again. Like, they're going to really buckle down. And then they went in Toronto and played like shit again. And it really yeah. frustrated me. And, um you know, yeah. And I, I it,
1: it was misleading because Armia, sco- uh, Armia, Anderson scored so quickly. Yeah. Well, that's
0: how it started at the beginning of the season, that's right? That's it. But that game was completely different. Like, we played our hearts out there. This game, it looked like we just didn't even want to be on the ice. Yeah,
1: it just, it was frustrating all around. I mean... Was that
0: when we started to see those funky line combinations? Yeah, that was yeah. when we
1: first started to see the, uh... I, I want to say the classic Canadians breakdown, but I don't know if it's a Canadians thing or a Claude Julien thing. When things aren't going well, you start to see some... Yeah. Not, not even just... Uh, different but I would say almost at random hockey lines yeah, and very I, des- I understand like we don't see them at practice and I know like they've tried these things out but just like common sense dictates certain things so you know if, if you know no one would ever play three wingers on a line mm-hmm. and that's a common sense move even if they play great together you need a centerman out there in that same light, like seeing that you know that line combinations we saw and you know we, we saw later on and we'll discuss it on the February thirteenth game. We kind of ate our words a little, which I'm happy to do when it works. But it just—it's an unlikely event to see yeah. Toffoli, Gallagher, two finishers playing with to uh, Denno, who's not a distributor but more of just a defensive presence on the ice. So it just—it just seemed yeah. kind of hit the ear wrong. We'll you know? touch
0: base on it like in more detail. But just—just just to elaborate there, it's like. You know, finishers are going to finish. So it's like the fact that they scored isn't, you know, an I would say a knock against our opinion there. But it's just, is it efficient? And it's not efficient. Right, it's especially
1: a, if you're talking about dividing the wealth a little.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and it, it's not only that line that that affects, but that seriously affects Cognitive and Armia.
1: Yes, well, right? as we can see this. Yeah,
0: week. so, um, you know, all in all that game, I find it was just a really frustrating, classically, you know, uh, classically a frustrating Leafs game where... You know, at least this time though, the frustration was a little bit more um, subdued just by the fact that I don't even we didn't earn it. Like no, they, it was it wasn't like it wasn't one of those game games of where
1: like the Leafs walked away being like obviously we had this game. Yeah,
0: where they like you know they we were up like two nothing, then they just get like you know two late goals in the third, and then just beat us four on four. Yeah, like, one of it's those.
1: not one of those. That was just a poorly executed game all around. Yeah, and I the think... Tatar goal was a like the definition of a yeah. garbage goal. I mean, again, a goal is a goal, but, you know, it's not a cl- like a typical Tatar goal where he's shooting and, on, you know, streaking in like that. It was he he fell over Anderson diving for a loose yeah. puck.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, you know, so much went wrong this week, but, um, you know, I think one general trend was our breakout was just all over the oh, place. Oh, my God, it, that, was, it was yeah. awful. That started in Ottawa, and then, um, you know, I thought they would kind of get a handle of it over the uh, next few games but it just seemed like it just trailed us for basically the better part of the week
1: yeah and i mean that that'll segue really well into the next game which like i am you know i i am willing to risk my uh, my prediction reputation here but i think that was the worst game we're gonna play all year yeah that was, was the one in edmonton oh. That was abysmal. Getting first of all, getting shut out by Mike Smith. Like the guy the guy's so old, he's probably got cataracts at this point, <laughs> and his like joints don't work. He just came off injury. You shouldn't be giving him a shutout.
0: Yeah, and it, that was basically um, you know, you could tell what was gonna happen from the first five minutes of the game. I mean, we didn't we didn't touch the puck for the first five minutes. They were just cycling yeah. us like we were on a penalty kill.
1: And again, it wasn't like it was McDavid and Dry Seidel no. cycling on us. It was Gaitan Haas and Jujar Kyra. Yeah. Like what's going on there? Yeah, yeah that was that was hands down the worst game I've seen them play in a long time, and I mean, I've mentioned this before, I think on the podcast too, but I've been to some absolute snoozers like live in the Bell Center, and like this took the cake. Yeah, that was a,
0: you know, I caught myself staring at my phone a lot. Yeah, that well, was... I, I,
1: I could only imagine being a goalie in this kind of game. Yeah. It must, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's just terribly boring
0: it's uh you know it's, it's really dangerous too when you you know price can kind of handle it when we have you know our our breakout stinks like he did um you know last night saturday night against the second game against the leafs there you know our breakout still was abysmal yeah but the way price can handle the puck and basically you know catch it on a dump and chase and then break it out for us is you know one of his most underrated qualities but when that happens yeah and then then when that happens with Allen who doesn't play the puck as well um and our breakout was as bad as it was against Edmonton we get caught more and that's what happened
1: well that's the thing And and I do think it says a lot in terms of like I just said we have been spoiled by it a little and I think that's why we're seeing now the breakouts look a little different because we're seeing more of Jake Allen and less of Carey Price yeah or at least not less of carry price, but less than we're used to of seeing carry price. And I think quarters... the D are getting used to that, you know, having that third defenseman on the ice.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, exactly. Three quarters of the time, you know, Price is leading the breakout. Like yeah. he, he sits behind the net. Well, he has Suzuki the puck,
1: passed it back to him at one yeah, point.
0: And he basically takes the first pass that basically yeah. clears the circle. And then it's, you know, it's either Petrie or you know, Edmondson or Weber, who whoever it is. Um, you know, they make the second pass and that's usually into the neutral zone and then we're going. But, yeah. you know, when it's a goalie and it's something against Jake Allen, Jake Allen played great, but yeah, it's just it's not, just a, not a strong suit, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's also not 99% of goalies in the NHL exactly. style. Exactly. There's carry a reason Carey
1: Price is known to be Carey yeah. Price.
0: And, um, you know, it just, it sucks when, you know, our breakout is particularly bad that night and we don't have a puck mover goalie. That's it. Like Price blocking those dumping chases. But, uh, you know, that bit us there clearly. And, you know, Mike Smith, you know, I think we had like 37 shots, but it wasn't 37 No, shots.
1: it was 37 pucks on net. It
0: was 37 pucks on net, right into his crease. I, I specifically noted a few players, um, um, you know, Byron, uh, Perry, and Druin. Those nights were just firing at his yeah, crest. Yeah, there was, was no shot his making a
1: move. We weren't, we weren't taking, like, danger chances. Yeah, we and were it's just shooting it right at him. We couldn't stay in their there was, zone. There was one, I, do, I don't remember if it was Byron or if it was Druin, but it looked like he like saw surpassed it to him. I'm I think f- that one was Byron. Yeah. I think it was Byron too. Like it just there was there was literally no velocity. Yeah, it was just it just fluttered in. It looked like a Victor Mete slap shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, okay, then moving on to the February thirteenth. This I'm I still feel so weird because we won this game. <laughs> I, I
0: it's the weirdest feeling because you know watching the first period it looked like a spitting image of 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 that wednesday against edmonton like we we couldn't get a handle the puck you know i specifically look at petrie and the the puck's rolling off his stick it's jumping over his stick Edmondson seems to be out of position uh romanov just having a crappy night and then you know that usually you know tells us that we're going to get like an ottawa kind of situation Mm -hmm. except against a much better team yeah but um you know, I kind of basically, you know, by the end of the second there, when we skipped the second intermission for the between the whistles because we were so pissed, I had basically written off the game. I was yeah, like, this, I was there's done. no chance out. for winning this because one, you know, for Price to have played that well against an offense that strong it's just, you know, that that's, you know, I mean, it's Carey Price, obviously. But, you know, we can't expect we play Toronto nine times this season. Like, we honestly can't expect any goalie in the league to have a 960 against them no, why? That, that'd
1: game. be ridiculous. We're not setting the bar so high that we're always disappointed. But you also set it not low, that you're always excited. Like, mm-hmm. you have to understand this is a good team, and, like, you have to treat them, yeah. like, as such. But this is the thing, too, about the NHL, and this is why, like, you know, there's other leagues, like the NBA, a little less now the NFL, but it used to be that, like, there were certain games that just, like, teams were not in the same realm. Like, you couldn't compete, like... Five five, ten years ago, imagine the Patriots playing against the browns.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you you just wouldn't have to watch, you know who yeah. wins, but like in the NHL, like it's like a team like Ottawa can win, yeah, you know, they're not particularly good, but you just you can't like you have to give your respect to all these teams because in in one second, the game can change, yeah, and so just with Toronto, it's like I like I don't know why we struggle against this team. In, in the way that we do. I I would think we would struggle in terms of sc- like keeping up with their scoring, yeah. but I find we struggle to like get past their defense.
0: Yeah, I know. And like
1: it's... against their forecheck of all things, like when Dano got stripped by uh by Matthews or by Marner, whichever yeah. one it was, it's so odd like you like that's not the area of their game where they dominate. Yeah, I, I don't
0: even, you know, it's hard to kind of put your finger on it. it. It's definitely, I don't think it's getting past their blue line. I think what it is, is it's more keeping the pressure in the offensive zone. You know, I, I think it might be a strategy play by, by Julien maybe that like we play a bit more defensive against. I mean, it's definitely, you know, in his playbook where, you know, against teams that are that strong offensively, maybe we play a bit more of a defensive game. Uh, you know, it was clear by the, you know, the low amount of penalties we've been taking that maybe, you know, he's trying to subdue the, the yeah, forecheck. Take but, the aggression down a little. You know, little. that takes away three, four goals per game yeah. <laughs> from us. well, so, that's it, right? It's know. like, and we've been we've shows. been dealing with, you know, Toronto's power play very well. I mean, they yeah. were 0 for 4 against us, you
1: know, so. And that's it, right? I mean, like, if we're looking at the stats from that game, just I forgot to mention it from uh, the Edmonton game. Uh, Jake Allen was a nine oh three, so I'm okay. I mean, you can You can ask for a little more, but if you don't score, you're not gonna win. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, so it wasn't like he was a nine seventy. Exactly. Shut out. Um, and then from the uh, Toronto game on the thirteenth, we had a goal from Toffoli assisted by uh, Deneau and Gallagher, and then we had a goal from Gallagher assisted by Petrie and Toffoli. So, you know, that's where I said we're gonna eat our words a little. That clearly, that DeNoe tatar to foley uh, i keep saying it wrong Dano gallagher to foley line mm-hmm. was the only productive line that night yeah however i still don't think it's like the like you had said it's not optimized yeah. you know it's like sure it'll work yeah but how often and how much
0: yeah yeah well, that's exactly it I and carry
1: price was a 955
0: yeah it's like you can put uh you know you can put a you know marner nielander and uh you know Riley playing forward you know like playing putting Riley on left wing Marner at center and Nylander on right wing you know it's all mixed matched mismatched and like yeah I guarantee you you know Marner's going to get points yeah <laughs> you know what I mean it's it's not really a, that, that's not really you know a point against that that you know what you're what you're saying there I think it's more just is he optimized and he's not optimized no. playing center there so you know Toffoli's going to score I mean he's the second leading scorer in NHL right. and Taffoli's going to score no matter what but you know, I think you know, playing in with 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 uh, players that actually you know aid in his development and aid in his you know, his his setup is gonna well, get let's us more you goals. Want, from him. You
1: want guys who will feed Plus, off each
0: other. And and to be you know, to be fair to us too, like that Gallagher goal had nothing to do with it being the Gallagher down over. No, that was okay. that
1: was the fact that it was Brendan Gallagher. It, it was a yeah, he no deflected other player the does puck that. down.
0: He deflected mm-hmm. the puck down from Petrie and then just shot it. I mean, like yeah. you know. But you know, I I you know, Gallagher played great this week. It's just, you know, I don't see how you could possibly break up that. That's Tatardano gallagher Right, I mean, and I just, mean, this
1: is the thing, right? It's like all the metrics point towards it being a dominant line, yeah. and it has been. Yeah, they had
0: a slow few games, the but other like, thing is, like, you don't mix end, that lineup. Yeah,
1: like, end, of, just... end of the week, too. Like, you know, one win, two losses, it's not great. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. We're not on a five-game losing streak. We broke the streak that we were on. We were on a bit of a struggle, and I mean that you know like that's that at that point it's like the Habs are still second in the division. You know, I mean we have twenty points. Uh, Edmonton's in third. They have eighteen points, but they've played one more game than us, and we're three points behind the Leafs. So we're we're well on our way to being okay. Yeah, and and, you know the, you know the
0: catastrophizing we were doing during that that Leafs game between the whistles. You know, that wasn't about our like we, we reiterated it like a thousand times during yeah. that, that episode, but it wasn't about our current situation. It's like if we can't learn from our losses, we'll literally just be screwed. Like, yeah, we won't it'll make the playoffs. Be, it'll
1: like, be that continuous.
0: You cannot get a through a round in the playoffs if you can't break out. Like there's yeah. just no chance. Like with and if the you teams can't that are there.
1: Because if you have a bad, let's say game three, there could be tap te- Te- like technically four more games to play yeah and it's you like, have to be able to just put it in the back back yeah. and
0: like you know imagine against a four check like boston oh yeah like what are we gonna do i mean like if we can't break out yeah we won't leave the with. zone
1: <laughs> like, well that's it and i mean you know it's it's just like i think this is st louis <laughs> like, well yeah exactly but do? i i think this was if anything um The rare time you'll see it, but you know when teams lose, but it's close and they call it a moral victory? Yeah. I think this was more of a moral victory than an actual victory, even though we won. I think this was a character win, basically. And this, I think, will be what kind of kickstarts us on, you know, we'll see, we have a nice rest now, we'll come back fresh, and I think the guys will be fired up a little. Um, Do you want to jump into the preview then?
0: yeah we'll play we'll go with the preview so like jesse said our you know our next game is only a week from the saturday game so next saturday february 20th against toronto again um i believe we're away right yeah that's yeah. uh
1: in toronto yeah so we're. oh in. no sorry actually it's uh it's in the bell center and then we oh, play then we go in off. ottawa okay. yeah and then
0: we go off on a road trip so um you know i obviously Carey price is playing that game
1: yeah i would think so um I think Jake Allen will play the next night in yeah, Ottawa. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think that's a good setup right there, Yeah, um, especially with how Price played last game. Yep. Um, you know, obviously, I think this week in practice, they're going to kind of push off the Ottawa game and just be like, how do we beat Toronto? Yeah. Just because if we could figure out, you know, how to beat a team like that, and, you know, we lost in a very similar way to how we lost to Ottawa. We yep. lost basically from our breakout and not being able to get the puck out of our offensive zone. That's literally what happened with, with Toronto.
1: I, so I don't know what. Play changed. with the highest
0: common denominator there. So just well, play with Toronto and be like, okay, hey, let's beat Toronto and then just transfer
1: it over exactly. to. Exactly. And I, I just don't know what changed between the first five games and the last five games. Like, just it, who cares if we're getting penalties? We were winning.
0: I know. We've scored six just, goals. Just a game, go yeah.
1: play full on aggressive. Yeah. Like, unleash Josh Anderson, put, put the lines back to normal, and just. Like literally all systems go. Yeah. Like just also just l- like let them try it. You know yeah. if it doesn't work, and like teams got wise to our methods, then fine. Like go go back to the drawing board. But like just clearly what's working now is not working. Yeah. You know. Also, do
0: you think like we should like eventually play for a league?
1: I don't know if they like I yes but like. Again, I, I don't know if the they point? signed him I mean, as, like, an injury hold on. I know, but it's just, like, he has to, like, stay warm. No, <laughs> I know, like... I know. I mean, like, given he, he gets on the ice with the team to practice. No, I know, but it's but very it's different. Di- I yeah. I know it's different, but it's, like, I, I don't know. Who, I don't, would, you, I don't who would be willing to get rid of right That's the now? thing. I don't
0: particularly want him playing. I just, I think that we're overusing Perry.
1: I think so. I, I think that, um, if anyone, it would be Perry. But, you know, I think... We'll just have to see. The other thing too is I know Frolic is comfortable in the in the center position too. Hmm. So, so maybe, maybe, Alan, maybe uh, if Ellen gets pulled, Ellen Ellen Evans gets pulled out. Maybe Frolik hits like fourth line center a little bit there. I mean, it just I just don't want to slow the team down. Have a parry... Evans, Ellen DeGeneres,
0: face-offs can't be worse than, <laughs> than Suzuki. honestly,
1: but, um, so we'll see, I mean, you don't know, but, uh, we'll, just, you never know, we'll, yeah. we might see him, you know, we could go all year without seeing him, I don't, I just, I don't see it in the cards right now,
0: yeah, I, yeah, I don't particularly like him, I'm not like, uh, you know, jumping the gun, wanting him to play, I mean, yeah. I don't think he'll make a huge, huge, huge impact, but. Same I time think. we said that
1: about Perry, and then he jumped in. Well, and no, had
0: no, yeah, I I thought Perry was going to contribute quite a bit. I you know I thought maybe more emotionally than anything, yeah. uh, which it's kind of been the opposite. Like I, I we haven't really seen him do anything dirty. No, yet, I know. But he's been productive. which All those little odd. things before
1: and after whistle. Yeah, he jazzed at
0: no, the goalie quite a bit, which yeah, against Toronto is appreciated.
1: Yeah, but, but honestly, yeah, we'll see. I, I just want us to kind of get back in stride before we try anything experimental. Yeah, you, you know what.
0: I'm happy to put this week behind us. Yeah. But you know what I think is a good sum up of it mm. is when, um against Otto and Perry was fighting. Uh, good good Brandon, Branson. when he was just, like, yeah. you got to get me out of. I think that was literally summed up our week.
1: Yeah, I mean that that was. A, I mean, obviously it wasn't this like was the week, week by yeah, our, but it was it like was, I know was, what you mean. Yeah. That was in just the last kind chunk of, the, of yeah the theme of the losing streak. Yeah, the losing streak. Which is Perry going like you got to get me out of this right yeah. now.
0: So four losses in six
1: games, right? I think so, yeah. yeah so
0: we got to, you know, got to bounce back from that, but and I
1: think we will. I mean, I'm not as brash as Paul Byron saying good teams don't lose two games in a row. I think the good teams bounce back you know, not just as hard as they, you know, maybe dropped, but I think a good team will take let's say a six game losing streak and they'll neutralize it with a 10-game win streak. You know what I yeah. mean?
0: I think, yeah. I, I, I understood what he meant there. He no, meant I get, he's he's motivating like, the guys. He's basically like learned from the loss. Exactly, but I, forward, I think but... that's
1: their issue right now, which is why I'm kind of going against it. I, I just think the Habs will kind of show they're ready to play in a big way, especially with that rest. They, they played a lot of catch-up in terms of the scheduling, because every team was hovering that 15-16 when we were at 11-12, like and it was just like game, 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 which is nice for fans to watch, but not when every game sucks. Yeah, exactly. And so um, we'll, yeah, we'll move on to the gambling. Yeah. So our, you know, we went 50, percent success rate last week. So we had the February 10th over. And so with a 4-2 loss, that's the over. That's yeah. six out of a five and a half goals. Um, February 11th, we said to take the win, which we, we know we got shut out.
0: Um, and then on February 11th as well, we also took the under, which was correct. It was 3 nothing, so that's under the 5.5. And, uh, and then February 13th, um, we took overtime against Toronto, and uh, we marginally missed that. Yeah,
1: that was yeah. honestly, that was close.
0: Yeah, we. I mean, I think I think uh, Gallagher. Gallagher scored with like I think three minutes yeah, left. Yeah, give or, or take yeah. three yeah. minutes. I think yeah. it was like 16-40 in something the third or something. Like that. Yeah. So that was pretty close. Not that I thought, you know... I'm glad we didn't go to overtime.
1: Yeah, I'd rather just, you know, get out, first of all, with the win, but 2 yeah, I I'm excited like... for
0: the next time we go to overtime to see, like, you know, the players have to learn from their mistakes, but yeah. I want to see if the coaching staff that's learns it, from their mistakes, right? because like that's just, you know, that that's something that I've been seeing, basically, since, Years. yeah, Julien started again with the Habs. Is was, that,
1: like, we just kind of try and, and neutralize overtime? Yeah,
0: it's like, you know, where are you, where are you buying time until? I mean, yeah. like, the game's the over. Like, shootout? <laughs> I mean, like, do you want to go in a, in a
1: shootout against Toronto? Like, Honestly. I don't. And like for as good as carry prices and shootouts, like yeah, it's just it's just not what you want to place the game on. Yeah. I mean, I you know I personally like I would do away with shootouts if yeah, it just were get, up to yeah, me. Yeah, like that's when only, they introduced yeah. in the league, I think it was early two thousands. I actually so I remember stupid. specifically the first shootout uh, was the Senators, and I remember like even the commentaries like when Alfredson was going in being like this is just weird. Yeah, it's just weird to see. Yeah,
0: it it, it rewards like uh, you know shootout guys that might not be on a good team well
1: look one of the (laughs) best shootout players probably to ever play is Sam Gagne
0: yeah Sam Gagne is
1: not a talented hockey player but if you put him out there against like I don't know Yemi.
0: yeah well it's like even look at last year like obviously Tampa Bay was the better team than Dallas Mm -hmm. but like if those teams fought each other in, in shootout like you'd swear that Dallas wasn't even in the same like Oh, yeah. No, you, they weren't even the third same category. third would be
1: Kiviranta. Yeah, the,
0: <laughs> Dallas wouldn't even be in the same caliber of of, of team as Tampa Bay. Which is they why they don't the, do
1: it in the, uh, yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, but it's
0: just they got to extend that to the regular season because the especially
1: in a season like this, the games really matter. I remember actually Sidney Crosby when interviewed once what he would do for overtime he said, it was actually a really cool idea. I'm pretty sure it was Crosby. It was McDavid, I think. Was it McDavid? Yeah, I think it was McDavid. With the 5 4 3 two. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it like... So it was like, I think it was two minutes of 5-on-5, five five, then two minutes of 4-on-4, four four, two minutes of 3-on-3, three three, two minutes of 2-on-2, two two, and then two minutes of 1-on-1 hockey, which is super cool. Just start at five, yeah. Just start five, yeah. Like, why, Like even going down to four, it's like, that might not be the team's strong suit. No, I know, like, I don't know why it doesn't just, just go to sudden death, get, keep playing. All I understand yeah. it's because they have to, like, move the day along, because, like, teams can but go But just to make it two minutes, two
0: minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Yeah, yeah. and just keep it, and, and, like, make it
1: periods where they switch sides and yeah. everything. It'd be insane to watch.
0: Well, even going five to one, or yeah. maybe not one on one, that'd be crazy. Okay, but two on two. Yeah, but you could make a 20-minute period out of
1: it well you could have Uh a 10 minute period yeah if you really need it it's perfect like that and i just think they should be more creative it'd be more fun because honestly overtime is very exciting for anyone who's actually been to a hockey game live overtime is insane yeah
0: and it'd be cool if like you know every two or four minutes or whatever they decided to do if Mm -hmm. they just blew the whistle and like on the next whistle basically and you know if they went over they would just take time from the next interval yeah exactly and like you know they would Basically it'd be a timeout, thirty second timeout, you make your new line, send them out. I think that'd be a great that'd idea. That'd be so so cool. The f- shootouts just silly. But yeah. yeah.
1: And then okay, so moving on to uh next week's gambling picks. We with since there was only two games, we tried to like kinda hand pick a few from the two games to give you guys options. So we'll start with February twentieth. Um I'm taking the win. Just straight up. I think we're gonna beat Toronto. I think that well being well rested. Do they have as much time off as no, we do? They have so a game they game don't. I didn't even know that they going in. Yeah, I
0: think they played, I'll double check.
1: Okay, and I think that you know we're just gonna come out firing. I think this is gonna be one of those nights where, you know, everyone kind of gears up a little bit before they they get their good rest this week, and they're just hungry at that point. Oh That's... yeah, they play a
0: lot. Well, there you go. Yeah. So here they got. So we played, um, we played Toronto on the 13th, the Saturday. They play the Senators on the 15th, the Senators on the 17th, the Senators on the 18th, and then us. Okay, the, on,
1: so we're coming us. in fresh. They're coming in with a battle of Ontario, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, basically. Yeah. That's a banging, crashing game. You know, they're going to be banged up a little. So, yeah, I'm taking Montreal with the W. I'm also going to take the over again because, you know, if we're winning... It we need to score. We're outscoring <laughs> yeah. Otto, uh, Ottawa. We're outscoring Toronto because... That's just a team that like on a bad night is putting up three, four goals. Yeah. So and, Yeah.
0: I mean and for us to you know, for us to take the W, like you said, like we have to score and also just statistically, like, we're so past due now. Yeah. That it's almost getting like like worrisome and I you know if you looked purely at the stats, would be we'd be looking at a 12-goal game. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you know? basically. So,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's a, a, a possibility that we don't score at least three goals, four goals.
1: Yeah, and then they're going to also have their three, four goals. You yeah. know, I wouldn't be surprised with a 4-3 win. Yeah, 4-3, 4-2. Um, you had a specific bet for that night, though.
0: Yeah, I took February 20th. I don't see th- there being a chance in hell that Thomas Tatar doesn't score. I think, one, he's such a competitor, and for him to be a healthy scratch... He's going to come, ba- come back with such vigor. Um, you know. I, I think one goal, maybe two, but safely with one. Um, yeah, then you had... Oh, you want to move to the 21st? Yeah, so those are yeah. our three bets for the yeah, 20th. so for the 20th, we'll just recap. We have the W, so the win for the Habs. We have the over. Um, and then we also have Thomas Tatar scoring.
1: Yeah. Um, so for the 21st, I'm going to go again, take the over. I don't think three games in a row against Ottawa will be low-scoring. Yeah, I think also... Plus, they're fatigued, too. Right? They it, played right? Toronto three Yeah, times, I mean, well, so. I think both teams will be a little tired. However... We have two starting goalies, and they don't.
0: Yeah, no, no. I mean, uh, like Ottawa will be fatigued from playing Toronto three times during the right. week. Right. I'm
1: just saying because we're coming off a back to back. It'll be yeah. have played Toronto the night before. Yeah, but I mean, but I depends. know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, it's a little different. But um, yeah, I think that's a for sure over because I think we're gonna light them up. We're so due specifically to light them up too. Yeah, I could
0: see a five one.
1: Something massive like that. Yeah, and then the other special bet. Um, I'm torn between two players. But this will be a massive return for any sports gamblers. Um, Either Gallagher or Anderson. I'm leaning towards Gallagher, but it could be Anderson getting a hat-trick that night. I would not be surprised if you see one of those nights where one player just goes off on the team. And I'm just saying Gallagher because he just does that against Ottawa. He just... I find like he he just kind of locks it down with them. But Anderson just seems like one of those guys who's more of a consistent scorer for us. Yeah. Which is why I'm torn. Yeah, it's... The only thing, though, is that I think both
0: those guys are going to play so hard against Toronto that if I had to pick, it would probably be Anderson. Just okay. because I think Gallagher is going to emotionally leave it all out against Toronto on Saturday night. But I think he's not going to have a ton left in the tank. Okay. Uh, whereas Anderson, you know, being a bit younger. And I find Anderson... know so far this season has been like insanely consistent like his his energy like we've had some stinkers the last few weeks okay like some really bad like heart games like just no heart on the ice never once has anderson been that guy like anderson has been a hundred percent every single game yeah every time he's on the ice he looks pissed off he looks you know frustrated with the team and you know if anything he just keeps hitting harder
1: well, that's you know, it. So he tries I, to I, wake the guys up a little. I just
0: don't see him getting tired. So, you know, I but I see Gallagher. You know, the night before, just with Gallagher's role, he's going to get in front of the net. He's going to take a bunch of hits from behind. He's going to get cross-checked. I think, you know, the fatigue from having a game the night before is going to wear more on Gallagher than on Anderson.
1: That's fair. So again, it, we'll leave it up to the people yeah. who are listening. But there's there's a compelling argument for both. Um, but yeah, Gallagher. And the Gallagher slash Josh Anderson for a hat trick and the over on yeah. twenty fir- on the twenty first. So do you want to jump into current events? Basically, we yeah. got a couple things on the board here. Um, I think the first one we should do because it's going to be the longest is discuss the lineups. Mm-hmm. So across the week, we've just seen like w- like combinations of just like I don't know, r- just weird lineups. I I. I've just like a very weird feeling about it and I don't know exactly where I want to start with it. Yeah. Like do we start with the Defoli yeah. line? Do we start with the Lekenin yeah. and Kotkanami? Do we just start a bunch with of the... patchwork? That's the thing. And like we have to also Let's leave start out with the Galchenyuk. The... Oh, you, uh, no, I just meant which lineup you want to start with? Like which physical line did you want to discuss?
0: Oh. Oh okay.
1: Uh, yeah, I meant like so you have. I mean, you know, we'll just work our way downwards because there's no only way to put it, yeah. including the defensive pairings, um, to Foley Deno Gallagher. We've talked about it a little bit, but um, what are they doing? Like, what is that?
0: Yeah, I I'm I'm not I'm not totally sure what's like going through their head there. Um, you know, we've we've touched on it like you know three four times now, and like it just. You know, the more you analyze it, the less it makes sense. And, like, you know, there must be something going on well, like, in Brossard try and, try and that and I don't get. Try put yourself
1: in their, in their position. No, I know. What do you I, think are I, I don't doing? get
0: it. Like, there's just <laughs> nothing there. Like, I, I, I don't see even remotely. Like, the could, only the only thing I could possibly see is if they swapped Gallagher with Toffoli.
1: Right. But now... What, do you think it's a fair thing for us to assume that they were trying to load up the goal scoring? Yeah, probably try to get that. Some just goal... have like basically shots coming from both sides of the ice that could go in. Yeah, but it's like it doesn't work.
0: Don't do that, with Denno.
1: Yeah, no, I but mean, that like... and that's it. It's like you just can't. I, it's the only thing that makes sense to me, and it still so you're doesn't gonna make do that. Sense. Make it to
0: Foley, Cockney, Emmy and and Gallagher. Exactly. You know, but but or just... you know, don't touch the Suzuki line, but don't touch the Tatar, deno Gallagher. Like that's yeah. just a that's a powerhouse of a line. You know, mix around your other guys. I mean, exactly. Play, with your, exactly, just play you know, with your bottom six. Just play with your bottom six. I I'd say generally they're untouchable, but you know, as last week the Suzuki Drew and Anderson line was not untouchable. I mean, like Anderson's the only one who actually played well. Yeah. Suzuki played like crap. Andrew and played like crap. So it's like, yeah, maybe switch them around. Maybe play to Foley up there. Um, you know, mess around with that, but don't mess around with like one of the best like five on five lines in hockey yeah. just because they're in a bit of a slump, and which for like
1: for the like advanced stats fans and everything like they would know tatar deno Gallagher in terms of like expected offense and corsi rating and just absolutely every advanced metric you can find they're the top point one percent of the league yeah. it's like them and the marchand Bergeron Passternack yeah line.
0: I also th- there's something specific with that line that is even more untouchable the chemistry that line has yeah. okay like them being separated must honestly be like, like twins separated at birth. Yeah. I guess it's like, there's just something, like Tatar sitting on the bench and watching Deno and Gallagher out there must have literally demoralized them. Well,
1: yeah, enough that he probably got punished for it. Yeah,
0: so it's like, I don't see the point in that. I mean, you know, no lines were going that, that night. I mean, no. mix around
1: anything else. I just don't think you should mix around, like, don't, don't mix around the parts that are working. Yeah, exactly. Like, mix around your bottom six. So, I mean, that, that don't be a good way for us to move towards it because obviously they didn't touch the the second line there of Suzuki, Druin, and Anderson but then the third line we saw you know the the consequence of Tafoli moving up saw Kotkaniemi back with his finished pairings of yeah. Army and Lekanen and like I I don't get it like
0: yeah that's another thing is too is like People attribute too much chemistry to things that don't matter. I know. Okay? They like, both
1: played in the University they of Dakota. Both,
0: they both played Pee Wee B together. Yeah, it's exactly. like, it doesn't matter. They didn't like, have a play. It they just matter. skate and up the ice. The fact that these guys were born in, like, the same country, not yeah. even remotely the same, like, province. Like, they're on different ends of the, of the country. Yeah. Okay, like, it doesn't... It, it means something, but it's not significant enough that it would show up in the last ten minutes of hockey. Well, that's what <laughs> I like, mean. It also doesn't, it, like, it,
1: they're not yet, like... They're not making plays and finish and with know, each other on the ice. Like, have you they, heard they speak can speak? You'd swear he's from, like, Thunder Bay, Ontario. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it,
0: it's, it doesn't work that way. And, like, yeah, obviously, you know, playing with your, like, uh, you know, fellow countrymen, like, it can have, I guess, some impact. But would you think it's a big enough impact that, you know, the magnitude's so large that it'll show up in, like, the last 15 minutes of a hockey game? Like, probably not. I mean, you know, it's just... I don't understand the logic of it. And, you know, with all lines not performing, we could have come up with some different combinations. Like, I understand, let's say, it was only the toffoli cockney Army line that was clearly, like, the odd man out, and everyone else was, like, all cylinders firing. Then, yeah, maybe switch that lineup. But, like, the entire team was playing like shit. Well,
1: that's it. And you'll see the trickle down throughout the lineup, like we were saying. And so, like, for me, it's also, like, you know, you're you're trying to develop Kotkinyami, right? That's the big thing. Is you're you're trying to put like this is like kind of the focal point for me of this line. Like obviously Armia, Lekanen super important players. But like Lekanen you know his role, Armia you know his role. They're hitting that point where you're like okay, Armia and Lekanen are going to be bottom six guys that get the job done. Yeah. If unless your plan is to have Kotkinyami develop into a bottom six forward, like you got to play him with players who can play. Yeah. And, like, I know that sounds ridiculous, playing with players who can play, but, like, he needs to not be with grinders. Yeah. Like, he's not going to develop in terms of his, like... Like, he's got the size now, and, like... But he's not going to play, you know, that... I guess, like, if you want to call it, like, Evgeny malkin styled play, where it's, like, high-octane offense, use-your-body kind of thing. I think uh, people can make a drinking game...
0: Um... You know, I think my brother mentioned it to me, but I think you can make a drinking game on how many times
1: uh, Jesse and I say high octane yeah, offense. I know. So, <laughs> <'Cause laughs> your tequila true. out. So. Saturation's another good one, <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, you know, if if you really like, you want to develop this guy properly, and the way you do that is you give him minutes, but you also give him players. Yeah. And you know, you also need consistency when developing a player. You know, especially that age. Well, look what happened to Lekkinen. He was drafted as a goal-scoring sniper.
0: Yeah. And then what ends up happening is you... You know, I'm not necessarily saying Arturi Lekanen would be a -a 40-goal-a-year guy. But, you know, even this year, you see how well he's playing. Yeah. And it's because you've given him a defined assignment. Yeah. (laughs) Okay? It's like... He's a workhorse.
1: You just need to point him in the right direction. Yeah.
0: He'll give it his all... I mean, I go back on what I said about, you know, no one working hard except Josh Anderson. Arturi Lekanen is probably the most consistent player on the team. I mean, the guy is always firing,
1: mm-hmm. and he's
0: always forechecking. Um, just his impact on the team is far less than Josh Anderson, obviously, right? So, I mean, I think that's why I singled out Josh Anderson. But, you know, when you don't give a guy a defined role, and, you know, Arturi Lekin again, like two years ago, it's like, Oh, what a position am I playing tonight? Is it uh, first line right wing, fourth line left wing, third line right wing, second line left yeah, wing? It's, exactly. It just doesn't yield results, and especially with a guy who has such a high ceiling like Kokniemi, you need to give him somewhere to sit yeah. and not fuck with it. Like just and and
1: look how well it was when it was the bubble. Yeah, he was playing second line. It was with uh, Tatar and Gallagher. Yeah, that was it. And like I don't know, it just there's there's a part of me. And we'll get into it with Deno too. That says like we should be doing this already, even though it would fuck with the uh, the the Tatar Deno Gallagher line. But anyway, we'll get into that in a little. But the last one too is the fourth line. Now all of a sudden, your fourth line went from Byron Leckin and Evans to it was uh, who even was it? it was Armia Perry Evans. Yeah. At just one point, a and, gross then, like, line. Just and then like, and then at one point, you know, when we switched it around, it was Byron Perry Evans, and like. It's just all of a sudden you've taken that, like, hustle line, you've turned it into scraps. Yeah. And people wonder why the offense... But again,
0: like, Evans, it's like he's a, he, you know, he's a guy we're trying to develop. Yeah. I mean, like, Even if we're
1: trying to develop into that fourth line yeah, center. but it's still a position. Like, and, he like, still has you know, to play he's young. Guys.
0: He's not as young as Cockney obviously. Yeah. I mean, he's... he's 24. He's, you know, 24, 25, but... Um, you know you still have to keep some consistency around him and i i think really the reason why that line has been so good is because the chemistry is so strong and the only way you can foster it is if you let them play together yeah it's just the whole
1: the the theme of this was let these guys play together And, and it's starting to basically like i was saying it trickled down to the defensive pairs if you look like not the top four but cycling in Mete kulak and romanov it's not good for Romanov. I know it's important. Like Kulak gets his time, Mete gets his time. Like they're they're not you know like dog shit compared to Romanov. Like he's just a younger version of them. But yeah. like you you clearly have a goal that you're trying to set here. Like rotating Mete in with Romanov, well, it let's just, let's just it exposes you know, them.
0: We'll jump in. You know, you know we'll just do a little preview, some foreshadowing. But like hint hint, there's only one player on the team who's a minus right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And his
0: name is Victor Mete. Yeah, you know what I mean so I. You know, I ever since we played that fucker with with Romanov, Romanov's been on the steep decline. Have <laughs> you noticed? No,
1: I, I and we called it right away. That he has nothing to teach him. He can only hurt his development. Yeah, it's uh... because all of a sudden he has to play a conservative game. The first few games when he was with Kulak, he was taking offensive chances. When was the last time you saw him skate up the puck? Yeah, I know. Because he can't, because Victor Mete is already pointing know, down the ice. You
0: want to know why that is, and it's a reason why I love Brett Kulak, is because he knows his job. He yeah. knows he's not Eric Lindros. He knows that he or yeah. Lindstrom. I mean. <laughs> not Eric Lindros.
1: Eric Lindros doesn't know he's Eric Lindros anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
0: No, please don't be Eric Lindros. Yes. We need your brain intact. Yeah. But But um, you know, he's not Lindstrom. You know yeah. what I mean? He's not Eric Carlson. Like he knows what his job is, and yeah. he embraces it. And Victor Mete doesn't like Victor Mete. Still thinks that he's like a Morgan Riley, exactly. or he's you know he thinks he's
1: Shane Gostisbeere. He thinks he's Tori. So he it, think... and that just, that he's that, not good.
0: that that that's a lot like Mike Riley. And the reason why we got rid of Mike Riley, and it's the reason why I'm surprised we haven't got rid, gotten rid of Victor Mete first uh, yet, is because you know more uh, Mike Riley, you know before we sent him to Ottawa, like this guy was playing way past his caliber. And... I'll, t-
1: I'll tell you why we were able to trade Mike Riley. He's over six foot. Yeah. he can at least stand in front of the net. Like, he's yeah. not very good, but at the very least, he's, like, built like a male human being. Like, yeah. Victor Mete is, like, stunted. Like, yeah. they like no team <laughs> wants him because, like, they, they're like, no, no, like, we have a guy who's a worse skater, but he's 6'3", 240. Yeah. You know, like, would you rather, like, you know, I'm trying to just think of, like, a player off the top of my head, but, like, would you rather, like, a Braden McNabb I think Seattle Mete? will take him. I, I just think we're going to trade with them. I think what's going to happen is we're going to package Victor Mete maybe like unfortunately Damn. like a like an Armia or something and and a pick and just be like take you know like Victor Mete like, you know if we say here's Armia and a pick take Victor Mete or just offer them a second round pick oh, I don't
0: want to lose Armia I know I I
1: think a pick for them to to like take Mete is probably the best bet you know we did it with Vegas people forget we did that with Vegas we traded them um I believe it was uh, a pick and Grabowski or something for them to take Emlyn from us specifically okay and like i just i we just need to keep the team intact.
0: i think there's a few other players i mean we're i mean guys obviously we're gonna have a whole podcast dedicated Yeah, of course the
1: second it comes out i just
0: there's certain players that i think you know us getting rid of would just be really really good but obviously you know a player like paul byron who like you know he brings so much to the team Obviously the only reason I'm throwing his name out there is because of his cap situation. Right. But that's also a reason why Seattle might not take him, but yeah. they, but again they might they, have might, to they mid- might have to, yeah, though, they might to have make to the hit minimum, hit the bottom, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see.
1: But yeah, so okay, um moving on from the lineup, uh the shortest one we can talk about right now, speaking of him, Armia, he's healthy, he's back in the lineup. Yeah, which is nice to see. It's nice to see. It might be a first step towards normalcy too, yeah. you know, we'll kind of see everything. He's click. such an
0: integral part of his team, like you know, that first game back, do you see the hands on him? Yeah. He was just showing off that he's, like, his, you know, his... Uh, he's got very underrated. His mental his mental uh, <laughs> status is still... He's still you know, good. He's still intact. <laughs> but, you know, his hands were just on fire. And, you know, he's the type of guy who I expect, you know, if we struggle next Saturday against Toronto, step he's up? a guy that's going to step up.
1: Okay. Well, that's very And not too much I wanted to say about him, but just glad to see he's back. He's healthy. And I think it'll, like I said... Just kind of point us back in the right direction. That's around when we started to teeter as well. as when the lineups were breaking down. Um, So next is, uh, you want to jump into... Tatar. Tatar. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you
0: speak on that first. I have my opinions. Yeah,
1: I just, I don't understand. So Tatar being a healthy scratch. Look, we won the game. Um, I don't think it's because he was a healthy scratch. But I will say, if the reason for Tatar being scratched was underperforming offensively. Well it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all because as we'll see when we get to our power rankings, we did a little something special this week. Um he was not the worst performer and if again, anything he was in the top half. Exactly. Of the better performers. And and if you're going to really just base it solely on offensive production, like it just you have to consider what it does to the team. Cause if you know if you if you cut off the head of your first line left wing, it pushes everyone up one. And look what happened. We had to pull a right wing over to the left, and it's like you just you end up with this Picasso yeah. of a lineup, and it's like
0: it also it couldn't have been a fatigue thing because we're going into a week off. He could have played one more game against Toronto, you know, probably second to Gallagher and and uh, maybe third, you know, after Gallagher and Lekanen, Tatara's definitely got like the most hard on the team, like Tatar's yeah, and. And a very emotional player. Yeah, and, and, he, and There's no benefit, way yeah. he. Yeah, there's no way he asked it's, for the night
1: it's off. It's not. Yeah, it's there's. And it's not. I find about his effort levels and his. And you know. Yeah, sure. Like you can. You can look at like the using just like the eye testing. Be like, oh, okay. He's not like dominating like he did last year and everything. But like, first of all, we we have a much deeper team with. Uh, and I almost said high octane offense. <laughs> um, we have a much deeper team this year. So like, obviously, his points. They're not gonna trail off completely, but I wasn't expecting such a high concentration of points coming from him. Yeah. But like the idea is like he's still having a great year. He's got eight points. Yeah, eight points in, in fourteen games. Like, what do you want from the guy? Yeah, you honestly. know. You know, That's, it's
0: it's it's frustrating, but it's one of those things that, you know, I, I don't I don't really see you know, what the move was there. I mean it's uh you know it, it definitely didn't help the team, and it also didn't punish a player that needed to be punished. I mean, no. he didn't really do anything wrong. He definitely didn't mouth off to, to, to coaches. I mean, that's
1: definitely not him. No, um, I don't know what it was, and I'm sure we'll find out. But he's on,
0: tri- he's on pace for a 50-point year. Well, no, On an A2 an game. And you know, season. like,
1: and then the problem is, is we had him closer in the 70-point range. Yeah, but... And then people fair, are going to get that. That's not he's, his... He's going to
0: jump up again because, like, we're we're sampling these points right off of a, of a dry spell. Yeah, exactly. So and we, off
1: of very few games.
0: Yeah, I mean, dry spell. I mean, he had a goal against Toronto on February 2nd. Well, that's but, it. It's you know, just it's... Like... I, I, I think... I think realistically, again, on an 82-game season, I think Thomas Tatar will this year end with 60 points. Like, yeah. I think...
1: And I I just don't understand it. But, again, I'm going to defer to the fact that, like, we don't know everything behind closed doors.
0: Yeah, maybe he, like, you know, maybe, you know, just hurt his ankle or yeah, something. Yeah, where it's he like he was a healthy on... scratch
1: and he didn't want to risk it. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe he had, like... Uh... I don't know. He had food poisoning. Yeah, something, something like that. that. I
0: didn't want to make a media scare. Yeah, or exactly.
1: Like that. Um. So, yeah, we'll go with what the news that came out today Um. Paul Byron being put on waivers for the taxi squad. So, what do you think realistically the chances of him getting picked up are, first and foremost? I'd
0: probably say 0%. I okay. think one, you know, Paul Byron has an interesting cap situation with that. He's 3 3, I think. 3 4. 3 4. Um, you know, so that's a heavier cap hit for, you know, playing a fourth line position, uh, but he could realistically play a third line position. But, you know, that being said, I think there is a, you know, a closed door handshake deal with the GMs that are like, you know, that everyone's struggling with this new taxi squad system. Um, you know, I think if someone's put on waivers, what would realistically happen is the night before, um, you know, let's say, uh, let's say Vancouver wanted to pick him up, they'd call Mark Bergman and be like, "Hey, is this like a cap move, mm-hmm. or is it like a, you're actually done with Paul Byron?" And you know, I don't think anyone would backstab us and just take him because it hasn't happened in the league yet.
1: Right, I mean, like you've seen a couple guys get picked up. Like I'm like saying, like look at Noah Julson. Yeah, but I mean, it, more, we, like, we big, had our waves. Yeah, but of that, that was that
0: was clearly like we were dumping. Yeah, it. like um, that wasn't like we no, Noah Julson wasn't. That. Yeah, like Noah Julson wasn't gonna play this year.
1: Right, and so, and that's the thing, right? So you, it's I'm sure it's a balancing act. I don't know if like the GMs are. Too, I'm sure we'll
0: see people picked up off waivers, yeah. but I'm sure that what's happening is that they're getting calls from other GMs and being like, no, no, you can take. Em.
1: The reason I'm I'm not as worried i wouldn't say zero i'd say like maybe it's like 10 percent chance just because like you know there are some teams who just maybe just really don't care about that you know unofficial deal yeah but um i think the only thing is that why we're not sending perry back down might be because he'll get picked up because teams like especially it's clear this year that um, it's a rougher league this year. You you have rivalries that develop very quickly, playing teams nine ten times a year, and I think that a Corey Perry is more valuable at his cap hit and at his playstyle than a Paul Byron.
0: Yeah, and that yeah I agree with that. I you know that's definitely a possibility. That being said, you know if I love Paul Byron, I wouldn't want to see him go. But if he did get picked up, that would solve a lot of our woes going into the next. Yeah, few Yeah, I years. mean it's
1: it's 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 a win win where three, it's like we keep know, him. Three point four mil.
0: Yeah, for our fourth line left wing. Like, well, that's, that's, a, that's, that's an expensive it. player. like you know? Yeah,
1: and it's like, obviously he brings, like we said, a lot to the table, a but, ton, you ton, know, but... It, it is what it is, and we'll have to wait until tomorrow at noon. Yeah. Um, I'd be
0: very surprised if
1: he's picked up. I, I would be too. I just think that, you know, it's something we have to also kind of keep in mind, obviously. But um, do you think it's, you know, um, like, well, how do you feel about him being put on waivers? Because if he's on the taxi squad that would imply that like he's no longer a starter on the team.
0: Yeah, I, you know, unless
1: it's a cap thing. I never know. Yeah,
0: because sometimes they just, you know, for example, Suzuki was on the taxi school. Yeah, for, uh, for a couple hours, for a couple hours or something there. But, you know, I with Byron, you know, he's clearly he had to have he, he found a new role this season. And like, it's no longer his 2020, 20, you know, 20 goals a year type of Paul Byron. He's you know, he's, he's playing very smart defensive hockey and he's, he's leading rushes, but not necessarily, you know, finishing those, those shots or taking Mm -hmm. those shots. He's, he's playing with, you know, Evans and Lekkanen who are, you know, very hard four checkers. And, you know, I think it's been of a tough like adaptation for him, you know, over the last few years. And I, but I think he's the type of guy to embrace anything. And I think that's what we're seeing from him. Could definitely tell he's a bit frustrated that he has to play this role now. Um, I definitely don't want to see him go because, you know, he, he brings just his speed alone. Like, it throws the other team off a little bit. And, like, you know, against teams like Calgary, where you really notice it because they're a bit slower on the blue line, I'd really miss it in games like that. But then you also have to weigh it again with his his cap hit. Yeah. And it's, like, it goes from a hockey move. Would you move. take Byron or Lekkonen?
1: Well, that's it, right? Like, I'd, I'd, I'd take, take Arturo Lekkonen. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it goes from a hockey move to a business move. Yeah. And then I understand. But and I also
0: just, I could see him, like, almost for him... Because I love the guy. I mean, like, he's, you know, he's part of the heart and the soul of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, like, the modern team. The captain. Yeah, but, you know, I could see him having a much, much larger role on a team like Seattle, for example. Well,
1: that's it. He'd be kind of that, like, James Neal role that he had. Yeah. Where it'd be, like, a second-line guy who really should be on the third line. but Whereas, uh, like,
0: on a, on a team, like, as deep as us right now, there's no chance he even breaks the top nine. No, there's no way. So, he's a fourth-line guy, and yeah.
1: maybe third if there's an injury. Yeah. Um, okay, well, actually, speaking of waivers... What do you think of it, though? Of... Byron. Byron. Um, I think it's probably for the best right now. I don't really like the idea of him being available in general, just like I said, because of the risk. But, again, like you said, who else? It's weird to have your assistant captain there. Though. I know. I but At the same time, you know, it's, it's not unheard of that, like, they if shouldn't, he gets, get, if, they shouldn't say, get special treatment. No, no, you know? for
0: sure. It's just, I, I think, like you know you should probably have these guys in a position that they they don't get it exactly but if let's say for example you know um i don't know like a la picks him up or something okay like who do you give the a to
1: um Oh, that's a little tough i i'd mm, probably jeff petrie yeah probably Peach. i mean because then you'd have weber petrie and gallagher yeah i could see all those guys are locked in i mean i, if could I'm, see Tatar getting I was warm. saying to tar the only thing is like in the event he isn't back next year you're giving a guy, you know, three months worth of I'll assistant captaincy. I am. I'm just going through. I mean, it could also be Suzuki. Suzuki. Maybe. Like something like that, kind of prepping him for the future. But honestly, like I, I'm Denno. okay with it. Deno too. I'm okay with it. I just hope that this is like a calculated move, not a desperation move. Yeah. Um, the last, just little current event. This doesn't isn't technically Habs news, but because it has to do <laughs> with, uh you know, local legend Alex Kalchenyuk. Um. So just the, to s- of Montreal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the snowman. Um. So just to keep in mind, too, Alex Galchenyuk, I believe, is twenty six or twenty seven years old. He has played for Montreal, Arizona, um, Pittsburgh, Minnesota. He played in Ottawa and just got traded to Carolina. So that's six teams. And now the news is Carolina acquired him and immediately put him on waivers before he left the country. So another Canadian team could claim him. Let's just make it up and say he goes to Vancouver, right? That's seven. And then his contract is up at the end of the year. If he signs with another team yeah. in the offseason, that's eight teams before he's twenty eight years old. That is insane to me. Um, that
0: that obviously, like, you know, goes back to our, our, our drafting podcast. Yeah. You know, it goes back to our drafting podcast there at the you know, the Mark Berger series. Yeah. It's you know, it's um, you know, clearly wasn't a Bad move to move him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, well, clearly... if you think
1: about the trade tree, if you think about it, we drafted him third, traded him for Max Domi, and then traded Max Domi for Josh Anderson. Yeah, so
0: that's a pretty so good So we
1: turned move. Alex Galchenyuk into Josh Anderson. Yeah,
0: and I think, you know...
1: We got the only 30-goal season out of him, too. We squeezed him yeah. dry, and we God, sent him on his way. I still can't believe
0: that guy got 30 goals. He's
1: hyper-talented. I mean, he, yeah. he's an offensive dino. Like, this is the thing is... He, he's, you have to give him the credit where it's due. Like, he has a very strong offensive ability. Yeah,
0: I know. It's just, I, I don't see how, like, it, it's almost it's, like it's the his, Johnny Manziel thing.
1: Well, that's it. It's like
0: the Johnny Manziel thing where it's just like, dude, you have so much talent. How do you keep screwing this up? Like, well, it's, I, not,
1: it's a personality I issue. I know. And
0: that's, like I said, we're going back to our Mark Bergman podcast where it's like, there's clearly something in this guy's inner circle that's not clicking right. And I, if it's still his father, I mean, like.
1: Yeah. Well, if I told you he played 33 games in his draft year. Like, uh, in the OHL, how many points do you think he had? 33 games. 60. Yeah, 61 points, 27 goals. Like, wow, the guy I'm, was... I found him good at that. Yeah, man. you're very close every time. <laughs> but no, like, seriously, he's he's just very, very strong. And it's like... I know, I just... I, I, it's it's like, his, the rest of his game is shit, so unless you want to put him only out there for the power play, you don't want this guy on your team. It's just, I, I don't understand how he can't just figure it out. Like, it, it just drives me
0: nuts. It's like, you know, imagine a guy, like... There's so many players that would kill for that kind of talent. I would just use yeah. it so much better, like Lekinen. Lekinen. Like you
1: know, god damn it. You know? Yeah, like there's there's at least one player on each team yeah, and that you works harder. You know,
0: the fact that he's gonna it's gonna be a six team, like you said. It's like it. That's indicative of you know the issue of teams thinking like us, like you know. Uh, you know uh, Pittsburgh or Arizona, they're just they're looking at this guy's offensive ability and they're like, it has to work. Yeah, like, they're it like, just has what, to work.
1: Or or it's a no risk situation where with Arizona being like they were done with Domi anyway. Yeah. They're like worst case scenario, we trade this guy again, which was yeah. the worst. But the, like best case scenario, we just secured a number one center that was just you know not working in Montreal. Yeah,
0: I just think like teams just look at him and look at his offensive ability and are just like. How can this guy not yeah. work out? And it, you know, it you sometimes it just happens. Be, you just like can't that be players. one dimensional in this league anymore. Yeah, you can't yeah, at no any room. position. And you, you definitely can't play the top six and be a one trick no, pony. absolutely not. Because like even Gallagher's had to learn how to play defense.
1: Yeah. Well, there's one player in the NHL who basically has been reduced to being one like one dimensional, and it's Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. The problem is he's so good at what he does that it's okay that he's not good at the rest. And mm-hmm. he's still obviously like a force. He knows that to hit. He knows that to check. But like the idea is like, yeah, he basically only scores goals now. But he scores like 50 of them a year. Yeah. So, so like it it's not a problem yeah. because he is literally a trigger man. Yeah. But anyway, let's just move on to the power rankings because we did something a little different this week. Uh, with how badly <laughs> the Habs played, we actually did a reverse power ranking. So... It's a shit ranking. It's a shit list. (laughs) Basically, we have the uh, uh, top six and top three forwards and defensemen being uh the worst
0: yes yeah, so like number one is the worst instead of the best yeah,
1: so, yeah i was struggling yeah. with my words <laughs> there, but number one would be the worst player so um let's just start with the defenseman because it's a little less uh daunting of a list but uh well it's three of six so <laughs> yeah but it, you know i think it'll be i think the fact that we're gonna have a little bit more stats behind it this week yeah um it'll kind of highlight things here so number three would be jeff petrie um besides like the you know the visual stuff we said like the bad breakouts and everything Had one point in three games and he was a minus one. yeah So, on that line of Petrie and Edmondson, there's been like, well, like plus 3,000 so far. Edmondson's still a plus 15. There you go. It's like, that's just unacceptable, especially Petrie's like one of the top offensive producing defensemen in the league and his plus minus needs to follow too. Even
0: above the stats, I just found his passing was just abysmal. You know what I mean? Like
1: his. And he looked very slow against Toronto. He got outskated by Matthews by like a Like, a good few feet. Also, just not being able to, like, pin himself on the boards to keep pucks in. Just a week, you know, a a week-week. Yeah. Um,
0: Uh, Yeah, so then we'll jump to number two, uh, Victor Mete. You know, I mean, the guy plays one game, and he's already up here. I mean, it's just, it's so bad. You know, he was a zero across the board. Which
1: arguably is a positive in in his account. Yeah,
0: honestly. But, you know, it's just such, you know again he brings people around him down well that's it (laughs) i know he he (laughs) like
1: quite literally he's 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 a cancer in the locker room yeah not not in the sense where he actually goes out of his way to be a shit disturber but like he just his talent level is so low that he pulls down the average of the team yeah and it's and like i
0: don't know there's a i feel i i I sense like a a bit of entitlement i I
1: do but i'm saying like going off of things that like we can definitely speak to just because like i you know i agree with you i think he goes in there thinking that he's eric carlson that he's bobby Orr at some point but things that i like actually could see was i counted one period of him going into the corner to retrieve the puck against a forward specifically in the toronto game where he played I and mean, was the only one he did um he lost four battles in a row um in a row like he, he didn't yeah. ret- like he didn't retrieve the puck four <laughs> times in a row and like you can't like i can't say enough yeah I know. four in a row it's how sh- many shifts does he get per period i know maybe five
0: it's crazy so
1: like it, it's just it's unbelievable how bad this guy is at, like it, he's made a profession out of it and he's that bad
0: it's crazy because you know he's a decent skater you know i think uh no he's a good skater i mean he's a good skater but it's amazing to me how it kind of goes to the the Galchenyuk thing it's just like the inability to learn yeah like, he just he refuses to gain he, weight yeah he refuses to yeah i think you know, the main thing with him is he refuses to admit that he doesn't know everything. Yeah. And, like, it, it's an issue insofar as that he's hamstringing his own career. I mean, like, he's completely well, a, hamstringing himself. Like, he's unteachable. I mean, yeah. like, what do you want the coach to do with that? I mean, like, if he's not going to learn from his mistakes, like, yeah, Kulak, like, you know, I, I don't even know if he's a lower, you know, ceiling than Mete. Like, I mean, like, he's probably higher. But even if he was lower, Kul- Brett Kulak's extremely teachable. Yes. You know I mean, so, like, as a third-line pair, that's, like, what a coach wants. It's, like, you know, you're not going to have a guy with supreme talent playing on your third-pair yep. defense. You need a guy who's going to do what he's told and, you know, learn from the mistakes he makes. I
1: also—I really hope that we were showcasing him for the sake— I don't think we were. for the, At least for the sake of making him, a, like, in, like attractive to teams, because why is he on the power play? Why is he— is he on the power play? He played a shift on the power play. Oh. As the uh quarterback. Yeah. This is a guy who's never scored a goal. <laughs> like, he I, I guarantee if you go find like his like Pee Wee numbers, he still didn't score. Yeah. These guys, every every name every shit NHLer, they all had a hundred points in Pee Wee and Bantam and Jr. Yeah. But like you go look at Victor Mete, I guarantee you when he was like fourteen, he had like six points in thirty five. I guarantee you he actually it was the
0: opposite, and he was one of those guys that made it through just by being a good skater. And like oh, he didn't actually have fair. a lot of talent. You that's know? fair. That's a good. Point. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move up. So yeah. The, the oh, worst boy. defense. The the worst defenseman on our on our. Uh, team father, this time. Week. <laughs> <laughs> <His> father time. father <laughs> time. Shea Weber. Shea Weber. I think this might have been the worst week of hockey I think I've ever seen him play. Yeah, it was bad. Like, it was- every single shift, it looked like his feet were like stuck in cement. Yeah, well, they are. Is <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> the <laughs> amount of like like bolts in I there. I think he had like a. Uh, you know like an end of life crisis when he hit his thousand games yeah and he's just like
1: oh no <laughs> you, know, you know i i also have a i want to start a petition for this you know what they call him like the mountain man <laughs> just stop it <laughs> do you know what honestly? i think would be much better because the amount of reconstruction he's had on his body he should be called frankenstein's monster mm. <laughs> like, how much better would that be they got frankenstein yeah. over there it just it, it always like I hate when they call him that. I know because like, they make I, I him I seem elk... like he's Chara. Yeah, he's six four and he's two hundred and thirty pounds. That's most power forwards it, in the league. But this
0: is the thing: is Jesse and I are also big NFL fans. okay? Yeah. and it's like Tom Brady's bigger than this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's you know it. It's Tom just Tom Brady looks to like think. a baby back. Bitch <laughs> on yeah. the NFL. Tom. Tom Brady kisses his dad on the lips. Yeah, and he hey. but just
1: like around the other NFLs, remember the Super Bowl. We could have sworn this like, was a Tom five Brady, foot eight hundred and sixty five yeah. pound man. It's like
0: Tom Brady would swing Weber around. Yeah, you know, so like I, I mean, I it's know. sports specific, yeah, but honestly, at the
1: same yeah. time, like, I, look, I understand he's a he's a physical presence on the ice because of cross checking, <laughs> <laughs> but like he's not like this. Like I I feel like the mountain man. It makes me think of Game of Thrones, where it's like this this man is eight feet tall. Yeah. It's like why isn't Cher the mountain?
0: Yeah,
1: he he's <laughs> he's, he's he's one.
0: Weber is one guy who, like, I agree they had to start calling more calls on. Yes. Okay? This guy he's dirty. He's dirty. would cross... <laughs> he he just cross-checks everything that yeah. moves. Like, it's just... It's insane. He, the rest he, will just stand there and watch it. Yeah, they're like, he's that's Shea. He's, <laughs> just old Shea. Yeah. Just old mountain man. Yeah, exactly. But he's like, you know, you'll have, like, uh, you know, Patrick Kane along the boards, and he's just progressively pushing him through the boards yeah. with his cross-checks. He's it's just, also,
1: like, it's worth mentioning, like how much of a fan of Shea Weber we are. Oh, yeah, we love Like that. I Like, literally two feet from me, I have his jersey hanging up in the room. Yeah, it's just, I and, find it funny. And, like, fun. when we, we traded him for Suban, like, we were the few that were ecstatic. Like, this is not, this is, like, we rib him because, like, it's, like, it's... Love. Like you would rib a friend, you know? Yeah, it's, I just it's, love... He's like our... It's a respect thing, but it, it's just he had no points in this week, and he was a minus five. Yeah, minus five. And, like, you got... And, you and know, it, that's not ah. a...
0: Before you guys jump in the Gmail again and, and, and say uh, it's because the penalty kill, Sherrod was a zero, and Sherrod yeah. plays on his line on the penalty kill. Yeah, so, it's so it was that. really
1: shea being out there. Again, we don't expect everyone to play perfect all the time, but we will highlight the our, bad moments. No, the
0: minus five... Okay. And even though we played like crap this week, we didn't particularly let in a lot of goals. No. So like a minus five significant because in total, we allowed seven, uh, nine goals.
1: Right. And we scored how many? We scored... Three. Right? So we had
0: 4-2. We lost 4-2. Then we yeah, won 2-1. So... Oh,
1: you're saying just against Toronto? No, I'm saying for the week.
0: Yeah. For the yeah,
1: week. so we let in a total... Of nine goals yeah. and we scored three. Yeah. So our team's plus minus was minus six. Yeah. So he... he's a minus five. <laughs> yeah, that, so... that was what I was getting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he just like, he was the team's plus minus basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. So. And so it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a it's rough, rough week. Rough him. week. And he, you know, like it's, we, we're not going to show any like bias. Cause you know, we, we go after certain players. He bought a Corvette. Did he? I'm joking. Oh it's no! It's That's what I was gonna say. I was like, "Oh no!" Because you would also swear he's 58 years old, yeah, but he's I know. 35, yeah. 36.
0: It just it, it, he's, uh, you know, they playing age. at this caliber, you know, being at like this caliber of athlete, like it, it you ages age, your, your you. Your age like a cheese. just cheese.
1: <laughs> you just age like a cheese, not yeah. a wine. <laughs> well, this the thing. You
0: look at guys like Corey Perry. It's like I, you yeah. swear to like. he looks like your dad. Well, like, Yeah. You know, but it's like this. You know, this guy's like 30, like you could have <laughs> like, like you could have
1: realistically like taking a college course with this guy. <laughs> I know,
0: it's just it's crazy, but they take a beating. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah, that's let's what jump into the forwards. The, so just here. just
1: to like recap there, we had Petrie, then Mete, then Weber. Um I know for a fact they're gonna do better next week. That's all. Oh yeah for I sure. I mean Petrie and Weber anyway. Yeah, hopefully Mete <laughs> does even, is get not even to... To... Exactly. So yeah, we'll move on to the forwards. Who's number six? Uh I'm gonna say Paul Byron. Okay. So we just
0: spoke about Paul Byron. Um you know kind of a rough week for him in so far as got benched for a game got benched for a game and then um, how did
1: he do in the other two games
0: um plus just a you know zero across the board right, right. he was a plus well not plus zero he's just a zero. A zero plus um, minus but the main thing with him though is that you know he played two games and in those two games he only had two shots okay so that's a that's a, not a good showing for paul byron i mean you know, granted, he doesn't get a ton of minutes, but, like, I need more than a shot from him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah,
1: nothing more to say about that. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, I'll, I'll just jump right to number five. Uh, Nick Suzuki. The, I didn't, I swear, I did not think he would be on this list. Yeah, But either. I looked again at his stats for the week. Three games played, no points, a minus one, and this one's going to be weird, a 39.5% faceoff. On the season. On the season? On I the thought season. that was this week. I that season. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, good. Yeah, like, okay, look, I'll, I'll say this. Um, this is not someone who's going to continue at that pace. Week? What was this week? 37. Okay, so he's below average. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but look, this is the thing, right? This is not someone who's going to perform like this for... The rest of this season, the rest of his career. 39, is... 39%, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but, but I'm saying, I'm not worried about Put Anderson about him. in the circle. Yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about him. I will... I'll draw on the Patrice Bergeron thing a little bit here, because that's obviously an, like a, a big difference. But Bergeron had weak face-offs when he was a rookie for the first year or two, and then it really jumped up. So... Points-wise and face wise he's on pace for that comparison. I don't like comparing players like that. I think it sets the bar too high. I'd rather him be the first Nick Suzuki. Yeah, one thing I don't understand, though, is that how
0: having a guy like Dan o on your team, how you don't just stay after practice for an hour and just practice face-offs well, against him he does. He just probably beats him every time. <laughs> <laughs> probably. He's like, now, just win the draw. <laughs> the stimulus is just so overloaded that he just doesn't even learn. Maybe, the, but- yeah,
1: at the same time, though, like... Again, he's thrust into this role where he might be taking face-offs just constantly right now against good face-off guys. Yeah. No, he's, he's playing, playing yeah, He's, he's playing, playing literally the first yeah, line. Yeah, that's why
0: Kotkaniemi's at, I think, a 44 right yeah, and now, he's, and he's playing and, against weaker players. Exactly.
1: So. so, I mean, I'm not look, I'm not worried, but I'm also not, like, ecstatic yeah, about it. Yeah, I'm
0: not pleased with his face-offs, but, I mean, the guy is like, a point per game, so yeah, I don't
1: really I'll, care. Again, and, like, so, again, this week he's on there because poor face-offs. But also, yeah, he was a minus one and no points. Like, that's not what we have him on the team for. And it's like, it's one of those things where he is someone we're going to lean on, especially come playoff time. So get the shit games out of the way now. Yeah. Just don't, Um, don't do this again. (laughs)
0: Yeah. All right. So jumping into number four, uh, it's going to be Corey Perry. So Corey Perry had two games played.
1: Arthur Shelby.
0: (laughs) Arthur Shelby. For our Peaky Blinders fans, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Corey Perry, two games played, he was a zero, um, and again, only two shots in those two games. You know, I think Perry was more of a um, non-stat sheet. You know, visually, just not out there. Kind of, uh, he's making the shit list because it just looked like his looked like his age was catching up with him a little bit. Yeah. Like it, it looked like it looked like they should have followed what we were saying. I was gonna in, say in they the should have followed
1: the. Uh... The Habs puck drop method of just uh, small, burst. Small, just small burst. small burst. Okay, like don't Put for leaking, like yeah, you were saying. Just what's what's Joe, the harm?
0: Yeah, don't Joe Thornton him into an injury. Yeah, just like let him rest a little bit. I mean, and he's getting hurt out there
1: too. They yeah. showed that high stick that got missed. Yeah, this they, is a tough season on everybody, but especially like the vets. Like yeah, you gotta take bones. it easy. <laughs>
0: okay, so yeah,
1: yeah, not not too much to say about him, but just like again, clearly not. Very I think good. that's more on the management side than on the player side. But again, like. He played poorly. He just, he did not play well. So, uh, coming in at number three, we've got Jonathan Druin. Um, <sighs> Terrible week. Three games played, one assist, minus one, on, you know, the highest expected offense line in the league, basically. So, you know, when the team struggles offensively, I'm going to look at this line, and I'm going to specifically look at Druin. He's the playmaker on the line. I mean, Suzuki is too, but he he's... he's m- very much a playmaker. He's a pass-first guy. I like that he's shooting more, but his his bread and butter is his assists Yeah, and his puck-carrying ability. So when we're not scoring, I know he's not scoring. Yeah. And, you know, one assist is not enough in three games. It shows on the score sheet. And I mean, like thinking back to the actual assist it was like he chipped it, it up to assist. the ice it wasn't yeah. like an assist it was the rest it was the wrist alignment in effect yeah. of like just being on the ice and having touched the puck at the right moment yeah
0: this was like a uh
1: you know chipped it up he, to Anderson. he chipped it basically. up to anderson
0: and they scored like 20 seconds later that's like exactly it, wasn't it clearly wasn't like a an intentional
1: so that's it know. and he's a minus so you know like something like that it's just i need more i i'll say like he's doing the things that he used to not do, which is nice of, like, forechecking and everything, but he's just got to get into a rhythm. I can't have these 10 games with a point, 10 games without... It scares me, like,
0: that, uh... I mean, he hasn't scored in eight games or something like that. I I think, well, it's nine now, so Jonathan Jordan hasn't scored in nine games, which is a little bit scary. I mean, obviously, he's an assist guy, but... I mean, you got to score.
1: You need like, a couple goals. A goal yeah, goal. like yeah. I wouldn't mind him getting you know 10, 15 goals a year if he's putting up sixty assists. Yeah, it's just I. I'd, but I I'd I'd think he's going to get, get 20, forty assists yeah, and five goals. <laughs> I'd rather
0: him get like you know fifteen to twenty goals exactly. And then, you know, forty assists. But you know, I think, you know, I think I'm just a little bit scarred from that. You know, last year where you know, basically when we were pushing for a playoff position and he all of a sudden went absent for like twenty games. Remember mm-hmm. where he like didn't have a point for like. Was no, like exactly it was, it was 22 like games
1: actually 22 game <laughs> out, out of the 82 streak. so you know and we that's missed just, the playoffs
0: then we year. missed the playoffs and that was like the 22 games was like it was like the last 22 games yeah. it was like we needed like production yeah
1: yeah so yeah. i
0: i hope we don't get any of that but moving on to number two um you no know, it's very cock and yemi had a rough week yeah you know, that was a very rough week um you know I'm, I'm sensing a bit of streakiness to him yeah um you know speaking of druin but you know he had a bit of a rough start this season, and then he just went on a
1: tear for a few
0: games, and now he's kind of back in his trough.
1: I I will say in defense of Kotkinami, and just to stay consistent with like our philosophies and everything, I think that has to do with the fact that he's been once again given kind of like the you know, the leftovers. Um that line wasn't designed for him. Yeah, you know, it, he, was it was designed when it was Armia to fully Kotkinami. That was specifically to give him Tafoli. Yeah,
0: it's just also he's not a top six guy yet. You no, know, not yet. Yeah. But
1: I don't think we're giving him a chance to get there if we keep playing him like this.
0: Yeah, Tafoli. Yeah, if no Tafoli, but like still even playing with Army, I mean, like that's a, a good player. No, to play I know, with. but
1: I'm just saying if we flip right now and we go uh, Druin Suzuki Anderson, Tatar Kotkinemi Gallagher, and then you have Tafoli deno armia yeah. i think that rounds the offense out a lot better yeah i just think like you don't touch that to Deno. i know um, i i just i just think that like and we'll get to him in a second it's just if we're gonna move someone it has to be deno and kotkaniemi only because the position I think, is
0: i don't think kotkaniemi played much better than deno
1: no i don't think he played better i just don't think you know if you need to shake something up that's where i would personally do yeah. it I, yeah. But um, no, he does need to play better while he's in the bottom six. I uh, just like, I don't notice him on the ice like this. I, this is it. This is what I was like getting to is that I think Kardyniemi, while he's still in the bottom six, still has to play hockey. He can't be waiting to play in the top six to play. Yeah, I find he needs it, to go yeah. out there, throw some hits, score some goals. Don't get every shot I you take him blocked. Either. That's it. He's not. He's just kind of gliding up and down so the I'll, ice. I'll double
0: check his hits, but I really don't notice him. know like at the beginning of the season when he was really really throwing hits but uh again
1: that might be a consequence of the team being told to take it easy however i i just i i think he needs to play hockey wherever he is as much as that's hard to do when there's a lot of line shifting i do think he needs to like one or two hits per game which like i'd like to see three or four if he's in the bottom six but at the same time again play hockey like you're getting out there enough. Go, like, do something. And you're on the power play, too. Like, you're getting enough ice time that I should be noticing you, but yeah. he's not. And then moving on to number one. This one might be the little longest discussion, but uh, you want to do it?
0: Yeah, so it's uh, Philip deno So, Philip Deno, you know, just a rough season overall, but, you know, focusing in on this week. Three games played, uh, one assist and a minus one, but, you know, there's a lot you know, more in there than just the stat sheet. I mean, he had a brutal giveaway against Toronto.
1: He scored on us. (laughs) He scored on us. (laughs) He scored his first goal of the year, and it was on our net. Yeah, that was bad. But it was, I find with him, it's just the off, like, and and I keep going back to it. I won't make another, like, you know, 20-minute podcast about this because I say it every time he comes up, but if he didn't make this season so focused on his offense, yeah, I, wouldn't I wouldn't care. Wouldn't care but he was the one who really pulled it out and to, like, look at my offensive ability. Yeah, it's like, we're looking. We're looking, and, like, I, I can't find a Price thing. Price is looking. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, honestly. Or was it Allen?
0: I think it was Allen. Oh, was I Scott I Allen. think it was Allen. but yeah. uh, it was Edmonton. Right? Yeah, so yeah, it was so Allen. It's but
1: Allen. it just, it's, like, unbelievable to me. Like, he, he really can't do it offensively. And, like, you know, it was a nice pass to DeFoli. Same time, though, like, like... At, <sighs> Who's not going to... He's still a professional hockey player. Yeah. You know, like, eventually he's going to get a point playing first-line minutes. Again, this is where that works in his favor of... He's playing with Toffoli and Gallagher. One assist? Yeah, I know. One assist. Like, this proves that he's not the great distributor that he thinks he is. Because he's playing with two very... Pure finishers. Pure finishers. And, like, we got shut out one game, and we scored... We won uh, 2-1 the other game. Yeah. And so man, it's like, what are you doing?
0: His face offs are great. I'll we'll give him that. Yeah.
1: 53. There you go. But if Lean you have into a guy. It then. Exactly. Yeah. If you have a guy who's really good on face offs, play the third line and get put out there. When we have, you know, with two minutes left, we're leading 2 1, and we have a face off in our zone,
0: put him out there. It's always so funny when, like, you look at, like, a good face off guy. It's like you have slightly more than a 50-50 chance. Of yeah, a face I know. Off. Like it's the not, best one in the no.
1: league is always the Ryan O'Reilly. 57, 57 57 maybe 58. 62 on a good year. Yeah. But like I've never seen like an 85, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like exactly. Bergeron's best that I've ever seen I think was like Speaking 71. Of which, he knows
0: a very good face-off guy, Arturi Lekkinen.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised. He
0: kills the face We have talked
1: about this a couple of years ago, so like way before this podcast ever started. But like, I don't know why he hasn't ever been given a chance at center.
0: How much would he remind you of like a Jake Evans?
1: A lot. Yeah. But like the other thing, to do is he reminds me of like a higher quality of that. He yeah. reminds me of like a like a like a G Yeah. No, he's
0: he he's all he could. You know the way the guy skates and how hard he skates, he could be anywhere. Let's
1: get a hashtag going, like yeah. lekinin for center. Yeah. God, I love that guy. <laughs> Um, Okay, so this is going to be fun for us, actually. We're going to do our first giveaway. So do you want to tell them what we're giving away, and then we'll say the rules?
0: So the owners at La Bonquise, Annie and Mark, um, you know, they're listening to our podcast and, you know, heard us shout them out, and they gave us two uh, $15 gift cards to give away. So we're going to combine that into into one.
1: One big $30 value.
0: yeah, so keep an eye out on our Instagram page. Um, we're going to have the details on how to go about winning that. Um, we're going to give it out by the end of this week.
1: Yeah, and just so, like, they can also know, like, it's not it's not like a hidden uh, kind of, like, Charlie, Willy Wonka kind of thing. It's, like, there, there's going to be things you have to do. Basically, what we really want is just to get, like, a bit of outreach through you guys. So it's really just going to be about sharing, uh, you know, the, the photo we post and kind of also... Um, getting your friends involved, and basically your friends can win and you can win. Yeah, it's
0: basically just gonna be a uh, tag a few friends and share our post. Nothing crazy.
1: Yeah, nothing, nothing insane. But yeah, uh, but yeah God, take a look.
0: The, you know, the, they make some good poutines. And there, thirty dollars so. there will get you like quite oh, a bit of food. Thirty dollars there will get you like three poutines. Yeah, yeah. that was
1: that was great. That, yeah. that I was surprised So yeah, thank you again to uh, La Banquise. You said it was Annie and Mark. Annie and yeah. Mark. For, thank you. So thank you to them. And, yeah, so we're going to post, this is Sunday at about 7 p.m., so around Monday late morning, check our Instagram post, and uh, we'll have the contest up, and like you said, next Sunday, we'll, next have, Sunday the, we'll uh, have the announce for the winner. Yep,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: So I think that about sums it up for this week. Yeah,
0: try to survive the, uh, you know, six days of no yeah, hockey. We're going to bring
1: some bonus episodes. Yeah, to we'll, like keep quite, everyone we'll have at least,
0: uh, at least a few bonus episodes out this week, so... Oh. Stay tuned, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast.
1: You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop@gmail.com at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at HabsPuckDrop. We'll see you next time.